Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast in the Ring FC. I'm Mr. Ponga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks, man. How are you? Just biding my time till the next weekend. Was that biding your time? What's that? No, no, of course not. I'm not that clever. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Not that clever. Um, Look at you. <laughs> dropping puns. Not at all. Not at all. Um, no, I'm good. Uh, let's see. Weekend. Bit of writing done. Caught up with friends. Got drunk with me on Saturday night. That's true. That, Instagram. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun on the uh, Instagram live. Those who tuned in. You mean so, just boshed a load of wine? A lot of people were like, oh my God, Uncle Moose is really knocking back that wine at 140 BPM. I was like, yeah. Moose of the truth, uh, the wine just activates. It's like the truth serum. Exactly. Prophecy. Just like 10 minutes <laughs> in, he was like, listen, I would love it. This- I would love it. <laughs> yeah, I was waxing <laughs> philosophical. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks to everyone who joined us on the Instagram live. Yeah, thank you. We'll probably do some more stuff like that whilst we're in lockdown. A couple of bits of admin before we go. Your Real Madrid piece is up on the ringer. It is indeed. It's especially prescient after this uh, weekend's results. Why, thank you. So go to theringer.com forward slash soccer and read that. Any other admin? For the time being. I don't think there's any admin. No, I don't think so. Um, Shout out to Four Seasons Total Landscaping. <laughs> what better place to hold a, an election press conference than in between a crematorium and a dildo factory or a dildo all, shop? All I would say is um, I had many favourite venues you know the San Siro Stop Where's this What? But I'm just that, that's one of the finest that's one of the best yeah. venues I've seen in a long time uh, The Estadi Four Seasons Yeah Stadio to Four Seasons All good and The world is weird man I it swear to God It is indeed Right today We're going to start with the Classica And cover a little bit of Bundesliga Then we'll do What do you want to do after that? We'll do some Either Premier League or La Liga We're going to Yeah Premier League maybe We're going to save Arsenal Aston Villa For Wrighty's house I'm on Wrighty's house this week So it'll be me and Ian Talking about awesome. Arsenal against Villa Dean Smith We'll talk a little bit about Ralph Hasenhutl as well On that show And we'll do the Women's Super League On Wrighty's house as well So this week we're going to split because there's so much stuff to talk about. We thought we'd split it a little bit. Sounds good. A little bit of cross-pollination. No doubt. Oh, I love it. The RFCU, the Ring, the Ring RFC Extended, extended Universe. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about Man City, Liverpool. We'll talk about some other games. I don't know, maybe a little bit of Serie A. Do we need to cover Serie A this week? Or is it It was quite. Draws? It was a little bit interesting. Yeah, but interesting draws as well. Interesting draws. Pivotal ones, maybe. But we'll see. We've got a lot of statement victories to get through, so um, <laughs> let's get into it after this. Do it. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Okay, so we start in Germany. Let's start in Germany. Borussia Dortmund 2, Bayern Munich 3 in Saturday's Classica at the Westfalenstadion. Where would you like to begin? With the headline, which is that despite acquitting themselves as well as they have in really any Classica in recent years, still a disappointing result. And the thing with Bayern is they do give you a glimpse. It's funny, like they're an outstanding team, don't get me wrong, best team in Europe, I would say at the moment, at this precise moment, best team in Europe. They do give you a glimpse and it feels harsh to single out any individual. But it sounds like you're going to... You have to take your chances or you have to... Well, there's things. It's funny because we can look at the early Holland miss and that's the thing that happens. Like People will miss chances in games. We can't be too brutal about that. He missed a chance, a good chance. He was disappointed. But when you take the lead on the stroke of half time, mm. you don't then concede a free kick on the edge of the box. Yeah, that was a bit silly. And this is the thing, isn't it? There are just these moments. We always, it's the phrase you always use, like little details, right? And if you don't concede, and it's such a well-worked goal, this is the thing. It's really hard to score against Bayern. You have to pick them apart. And the disappointment, they must have gone in at halftime feeling like they were a goal down. Because you pick the lock, you open them up with all, you know, you basically play true to the far of passing tradition, lots of overlap cut the ball back and, and, and Bayern were chasing. They were like two moves behind. Every step of the, uh, the Dortmund goal by Royce, they were two steps behind at each point. Like they were still catching up after the entered the net. Mm. And then to concede that free kick in that area, and I just had a yeah, terrible- massive. I just saw, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's one of those moments where I just thought to myself, get to half time at 1-0. Yeah, it's, one it's of those just ones, a little yeah, bit of Dortmund's, it's the street smart aspect that Dortmund just lacks sometimes. And that's, that's all it is. And that's all it is. And it's, it's no coincidence that the winning, the winner came similar position um, last year, the floated ball by Kimmich, the, the beautiful winner, but no one came out to close him down. And it's just this sort of this corridor of indecision where someone has to come in and it sounds a bit brutal, but no, not brutal. It's just that proactive thing. Like when, when, when Roy scored, and the kickoff was about to come. Someone grabs the ball from Dortmund and says, you know what? We are getting to half time at 1-0. And that is in everyone's head. And there's an, ex- there's an instruction to be like, the two defence midfielders on the edge of the box are shoulder to shoulder and they close that space off and nothing comes out of it. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just these tiny details. And I think the reason why Dortmund frustrate everyone is that the errors that Dortmund make are visible at all levels of football all levels of football. And then nothing to do with them being a bad team, their brilliance, all the rest of it. But it's the fact that Bayern are just so utterly ruthless. Um, they're like a burglar who sees the fourth, fourth floor light on. And they leapt on that. And straight after half time, when Dortmund was still recovering, Lewandowski came in and that was that. Yeah, it was the, the, it was the counter-attack that killed them though, that third, because yeah. that started on the edge of the Bayern box. Yes with Haaland kind of giving the ball away cheaply, really, and not using his body as well as he can do, which I think he did quite well all game, actually. Yeah. He kind of bullied Boateng a bit. Yeah. Especially in the second half, early stages of the second half. But I think this is the thing, what you were saying is that Bayern have been there a million times. Yes. 
And although Dortmund won the Classica a couple of years ago uh, at the Westfalen after going behind, I believe, and I thought that Dortmund were really good in last season's Classica at Dortmund, the, the one you were talking about before with the Kimmich goal, they still play these games, in my opinion, like they're kind of expecting a hiding. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember you talking about, I think it was something to do with Manchester United once. Oh, it was Romelu Lukaku at Manchester United. He didn't know when his next chance was coming from, so right. therefore every chance became super, super pressured. Right. It's something that you see with Dortmund in sometimes quite big games, and you don't see them sometimes, it, especially at home against lesser equipped teams, they know they're going to create more chances. Haaland, was a, he snatched at quite a few, I thought, in this game. Mm, he got into those little pockets yeah. that we've seen him score from, and actually his goal... It was the hardest of the chances. It was the hardest exactly. of the chances, actually, yeah. weirdly enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought Dortmund did pretty well. I was actually quite surprised how well they did switching back to a back four to incorporate Royce, Reyna and Sancho yeah. behind Haaland. And I thought it actually worked pretty well. I thought they, they, they were good with the ball. They, they were creating. They created more chances than Bayern. Yeah. But it's like we said before, they're still in, in the really key positions. Marco Royce is the most experienced player in, in a decisive position for Dortmund mm. in an attacking sense. And he's, He's had trouble with injury and he's still, as much as I love Marco Royce, he's still not of the level of, say, a Thomas Muller or Robert Lewandowski. So when you're surrounding him with three guys, two of them are barely out of their teens, then every chance matters, you know. It's a bit of a cliche, but every chance matters even more. It does. I mean, you've got Leroy Sané to punish you. When you've got, that's the problem as well. You know, you keep it at at 2-1. And then, and this is, I mean, this is, this is the unavoidable fact as well, the unavoidable reality. Bayern just having that amount of riches, you look at the bench and a 2-1 up, 2-1 down, and you see Sané coming on, coming. I mean, that speed, that technique, that finishing ability, and you're tired and he's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, something at some point has to give. And people talk about, oh, he always cuts. Yeah, but try stopping it. Try stopping a full-speed Leroy Sané with that first touch and really clever to use him because now, just before the break, international break, so another long rest. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've been using him off the bench quite a lot recently. And it's, yeah, well, there it is. Um, late. That guy's been safe for later in the season as well. Yeah, absolutely. And he's coming yeah. off the back of an ACL. So I think yeah. that, you know, load management, if you like, in an NBA sense, is very smart from Hansi Flick. If they can use him in a very different kind of closer, like you were talking about a couple of weeks ago, then that's what Bayern really need at the moment. And I think the difference is that when Joshua Kimmich went off after the tackle on Haaland, which it looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season, Joshua Kimmich, which is it's a really unfortunate injury, although it was a naughty tackle. <laughs> I really wish he hadn't made it. Do you know what's weird with it? You see the tackle and I actually, it's, it's so weird. I didn't think of it as naughty only because I just saw the extension. So you don't think of the intent. You just see the fact that like, it's obviously... Because the first time you see, the, it's, it's weird with tackles, the first time you see the injury, you think, oh, thank God the other guy didn't do him. You know, mm. it's very rarely someone has a horrific injury when they're making like a challenge that is not the best challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't think it was a tackle. I think it, it was one that he just tried to stop. It was one of those kind of cl- classic, yeah. cynical, tactical fouls, but it, was, it wasn't a good challenge at all, actually. Mm. And I think if he hadn't, injured himself, he might have got a little more heat for that. But it's but we love Joshua Kimmich and I think he's probably been the best midfielder in the Bundesliga this season and for parts of last season when he was there. If there's ever if there's ever an injury that was going to trouble Bayern substantially, 
it would have been a Kimmich injury. Oh, well, especially with the departure of Thiago. Absolutely. Yeah, right, right, right. Losing Kimmich now is... It's bad. Bad. I mean, it will give Hansi Flick something to think about, for sure. I mean, it's, it isn't bad to bring Tolisso off the bench. No. In place of him. In terms or, of the regulation, in terms of... You yeah. know, at this point, for Bundesliga, it should be fine. Tolisso is a fine player, but when it comes to those margins... When you come to, when it's someone who's running the back of midfield in a Champions League game in the kind of, at the very business end, this now becomes interesting, actually. Losing Kimmich could be the difference for Bayern in a couple of really key games this season. It's the worst, the worst possible injury they could have had. There's no, to me, like, because every other position, they would get, they'd, have, they'd find goals. If Lewandowski got an injury like that, they'd find, you know, Lewandowski is obviously extraordinary. Bayern would still find goals somehow just because mm. they're into play and they use a different nine or something. But yeah, just the ball movement. When Kimmich is there, the ball movement and the intensity as well. And he comes up with really key goals. He's been coming up with a lot of key goals for them recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He came up with the winner in the Classical last season, the one in the Super Cup and a number of other games this season. So, and last season. He's an absolutely pivotal player for them. He's become a pivotal player and it's a really sad injury to have at this point, I think. Because yeah, meniscus is a, trouble, it's a troubling injury, meniscus. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And Sufati picked one up at the weekend as well, again, which is a real shame. They're saying a few months for him, maybe three. Maybe it's yeah, a, it looks like it's conservative, but... Yeah, but it looks like Kimmich is going to... Yeah, because Ansu Fati played until half-time, didn't he? And then came off, I think, right? That's me. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Fatty had self-eating properties given... His general play, his general aura. But, <laughs> but yeah, losing Kimmich for the season, I think is... Yeah, that's awful for Bad Bayern. for Bayern. That's awful. But from a Dortmund sense, I think that getting the goal back at the end will maybe put this result in a slightly different light. Yeah, it's a fair result this way. 3 is a good result, I think. I mean, they'd only conceded two goals before this game this season in mm. the league. They're still only three points behind Bayern. This league is plenty of time to go. Plenty of time. To go. For sure. Yeah. Elsewhere in the Bundesliga, very quickly, looking at Leipzig, um, maybe their struggles in the Champions League make them more competitive in the Bundesliga this year. I don't know. Maybe they'll just focus a bit more on it because squad depth might be a challenge for them, but they look good again against Freiburg. Great game, Gladbach, Leverkusen in the derby. That was an amazing game. That was a great game of football. The goal, we'll have to get into, well, yeah, at some point we'll talk. But yeah, so fourth, headline is Leverkusen win 4-3, which isn't the worst for Gladbach. I mean, Gladbach have been in a nice little run of games and they've got, it's a disappointing defeat, but they'll come back because it's I, an I, early in the Yeah, season. I actually tweeted, it's, it, they looked like they'd been to Ukraine in midweek. Right. You know, they, looked, right. they looked quite leggy. Yeah, that's, um, a good, that's a fair shout, I think. And actually, I think the fact that they managed to score three and keep in it was, I mean, obviously the, the, the final one was a bit of a consolation. Valentino Lazaro's wonder scorpion. Yeah, as has he, yeah, delight. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. It was so good. I, I think mean, it was, yeah. it was, I don't know. I think it, mm, oh, no, I'm not going to say that. Carry You're going to take better than the Giroud goal. No, do you know what it reminded me more of actually in terms of angle, the, the Mkhitaryan one? Yes, 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 definitely. Actually, it's better, it's a better, because, um, Jiru brought it from a different, a different. He brought it from a different height, and it was slightly behind. Well, not always behind. I think. You, but, well, Jiru was so big, and the ball was so high. He actually pulled it from a different universe, a different, yeah. like a, yeah, different <laughs> gravitational pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, glorious goal back though. Yeah, but just a great game. Lucas Alario is on some absolute fire form. He is. Oh, can I? While we're talking about fire form, shout out to Max Cruiser and Union beating Bielefeld five 0 because he was absolutely amazing. And I mention this only because Union for a long time has struggled to score from open play. Like it's been their, like it's been their Achilles heel. 
you watch Unio and you're like, okay, it'll be 1-0, one all, 2-1, 2-0, penalty, free kick and a late breakaway goal. But they ran this game. They ran this game. And Bielefeld play openly. So that style lends themselves to an open game. But what was most impressive, I've never seen Union play on the front foot like this, ever. I've not, I'm not looking good. Really good, really good. And Cruz yeah, was the star of that of the show. I mean, you know, there's nothing nothing more vibey than just Simon signing Max Cruiser and putting him in Berlin somewhere. See him ah, like ah, go around on one of those electric scooters, Instagram ah, story ah, and everything. He's having a lovely time and Carius as well. God. So it's, such, it's such a shame that we can't get fans at the Foster Eye. Especially season. the season they're having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad fun at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. They've only lost one game this season, Union, in seven. Before we move on, Lucas Laro, second top goal scorer in the Bundesliga behind only Lewandowski. He's got 11 in seven games, which just doesn't, frankly, it frankly just doesn't seem fair. Absurd. It really doesn't seem fair that. I mean, um, that guy is, that's legit cheat code. If we've said this so many times, but if Lewandowski had not held together that Bayern attack mm-hmm. in the difficult first the month of yeah. last season. Absolutely, yeah. He really People tracked them yeah. through. It's wild. People don't even look back and think about that now. It's just not even a yeah. thing, but it was huge. In the other Sunday game in the Bundesliga, Wolfsburg beat Hoffenheim 2-1. Wolfsburg and Leverkusen are the only two unbeaten sides in the Bundesliga. However, yeah. Wolfsburg are repeating the trick that they did last season. Yes. They're just going to try and draw their way out of trouble. Yeah. Just and they were unbeaten like until really late. Hey, why yeah. win when you can draw? Huh? <laughs> Everyone go home happy. It's like... <laughs> Wolfsburg were like they were unbeaten they were at one point they were one of the last three remaining unbeaten teams in the whole of Europe yeah 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 but they 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 something like they they I think they hadn't they won six drawn six right something like that at the beginning of last season they were on this and everything everything seemed to be in twos and it was no it was right it was Verkost would score and it was one other it was normally Brickelow or Joao Victor and now it's Verkost and most likely Renato Steffen. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Steffen's not a score. <laughs> I actually, I love Renato Steffen as a player, but. Oh yeah. yeah so, so, so funny. How they, <laughs> uh, that, quick shout. That, that team is being run by algorithm. It must be. Quick shout out to Hertha. Got a much needed win away to Augsburg. Yeah. 3-0. Yeah. Uh, Schalke got a point. Yeah. Against Mainz. Yeah. And um, Stuttgart continuing their good start to the season, man. Like <laughs> well, a point at home to Frank Eintracht. One quick thing about Schalke Mainz. You know when, oh, no, you know when the goalkeeper, you, no, the goalkeeper you, know, you, know, you know when there's a free kick about taking into the box? Yeah. And a player will lie down so behind the guy the doesn't wall. hit behind the wall. The loneliest player in football is the guy lying down behind the wall when the ball goes into the top corner. <laughs> they're just Why am lying, I here? Yeah, just watch the ball go into the net. You just saw him wake. Yeah, because it's just, Soul crushing. Because <laughs> you're laying there on the floor. Yeah. And you can't see the where the ball is coming and it yeah. just flies over you and it's just like, oh no, this was all for nothing. It's like the dinosaurs watching the meteor. There's just nothing you can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um so that is the Bundesliga. It was a good weekend for the Bundesliga. Bundesliga is so fun. I think maybe for the sake of the league, it would have been great to have a, a Dortmund victory. Mm. in the Classica. Yeah, yeah. But all things considered, I think the performance will... Give them heart. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, let's go to Spain. Okay. A lot of rain at some of these games. And saying I, the rain in Spain. Well, what I would like to say is this was a weekend where I was looking at, you know, look at La League and you look at also the Premier League, like, you know, Liverpool um, City. And I was watching these games going, oh my God, the rain is absolutely desperate to get an assist. It's desperate. It's like, <laughs> you know, those referees who are like desperate to make a big red card. And I was like, wow, this rain is trying to like make itself known. It's like, I was like, it was so noticeable, but we have to start, I think, with Valencia Real. Uh, well, I was going to say before we actually start with okay. the proper games, Oscar Garcia has been, well, has parted ways with Celta Vigo. Ooh. They haven't won a game since being Valencia at home 2-1 in September. Since then, they have had three draws, four defeats. So they haven't won a game in seven league games. They drew 1-1 with Elche on the weekend, and I think that seems to be the final straw because... Before we get onto the big games, but this is something that Celta have got themselves in trouble with every year. It's every the year. Yeah. it's the whole Iago Aspas, this can't happen again. Yeah. Like, and then it happened again. And they've made some big signings at Celta. They've spent a lot of money. Yes. And they cannot be in another relegation scrap. No. Because the and quality of the teams be. coming up are too good. The quality of the teams coming up, it's one of these ones where it's like, it's the right decision because someone's smart on the board and some smart people on the board at Celta have been like, we don't have another escape act in us. Mm. We probably don't, and we shouldn't risk it. And especially with the quality of the teams coming up, they're not messing around. The teams that are coming up are like playing real, but really good football. And if Celta go down, I don't think they bounce straight back up. That is also, that has to be a fear. That has to be a profound fear. Um, and they've given, I think it's the right decision because it's given them time to put it right. I agree. I think if you're going to do it now, do it. Yeah, yeah. Because smart you know, decision making I, th- I think so yeah I think I think it's it's obviously a shame for Oscar Garcia but I think that yeah the run of games that they've had they cannot be dragged into another battle this season no no no, no. the three sides below them in the table Levante Valladolid and Wesco and they've all got six points and they're only a point ahead of them and they just can't be doing that especially no. in a season like this that it's going to be really chaotic you know they just can't they can't be down there again like struggling for the rest of the season and when I, and Aspas can't get them out of trouble all the time. So whilst it's sad, I think it's unfortunately probably the best decision. I agree with that. In terms of games, you want to do Real Madrid then? Yes. Real Madrid and the game of penalties. Well, it's funny. So Soler scores a hat-trick of penalties. So Real, so Valencia win 4-1. Having sold arguably their two best players, well, three best players this summer. Two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. Ferran Torres, Coquelin and... Um, Don Perejo. Danny Parejo. Danny Parejo. They sell them this summer and beat Real 4-1. Carlos Soles got a hat-trick of penalties. And this game, this is... And a missed case. one. Well, yeah. He took, <laughs> Which he, he had took, to retake. He took four penalties. I know. Super weird. Took four penalties, retook it. Shout out to Yunus Musa, who was outstanding. And this game was so funny. You talk about the chaos that you described prior to this season. It was all there in one match. All of it. This like, was just pure, what am I watching? Benzema take, you know, Real take the lead with a beautiful strike from Benzema. Wonderful goal. Rips it in the top corner. 
And they're thinking, ah, oh, Rail going to smuggle this win. And then they just self-destructed. Mm. Three different concessions of penalties. Someone said, it, I can't remember who tweeted it. I think Colin Miller tweeted it. He said, Vasquez, Marcelo and Ramos conceded penalties each, a penalty each. And Varane didn't, just that he scored the own goal. Because why not? And the own goal was like, it was an unforced error. Like it was a slice. I thought it was a really weird goal that actually. I couldn't, I figure, out what, I, I, yeah. I couldn't figure out what was going on. So strange. I, his confidence has absolutely imploded. You didn't. Yeah, but my tweet, my tweet, he's got, he's got two own goals in the last five games for Real, which is as many as he had in the previous 342 games. I think up to Jose said. Unbelievable stat. He has imploded in terms of confidence and it's just awful. Um, and what's wrong with Real? I mean, this is the thing. This isn't the wildest surprise, actually. I don't, yeah, I don't want to be a massive fencer to here, but I just don't think anything is that surprising at the moment. Does that make sense? It does make sense, like, right. Because if you, if you think yeah. about the Premier League as well, you know, the Premier League is a prime example of that. Villa can go and beat Liverpool 7-2, lose a load of games, and then beat Arsenal 3-0. And it's kind of like, there's part of me that's just like, it's like the chaos piece. It is just like, let go. Let yeah. go and just, you know, Sometimes all you need Ultimately, is a push. Yeah, it's, um, these are extenuating circumstances. And at the same time, this isn't surprising from Real. It wouldn't have been as surprising prior to the pandemic, actually, weirdly enough. It wouldn't have been because there's a makeshift feel to the team. And someone wrote to me and was like, yeah, no surprise. When you lose Cristiano Ronaldo, what do you expect from Real? I said, no, I don't think it's just that. It's not just that. There's a systemic... Real are a patchwork team and they've been a patchwork team for a while. They were a patchwork team even when they were winning Champions Leagues. Sorry, they're into their third season without him, so. Right, right. And even when they were with him, they weren't always the most cohesive team. They were just a team that got stuff done, very kind of pragmatic. And it's no, it's almost the perfect, the perfect distillation of their challenges is that they conceded four goals from defensive errors. That's almost the perfect thing. You know, the thing that was the most right about them last year is maybe the most broken this year. Mm. The defence, like 25 goals conceded all of last year in our league. Yeah, and they can't score goals, really. Either. Yeah. They've they only got they 14 can't. and eight, which for them is poor. Now Hazard, Eden Hazard is like tested positive for COVID. I mean, you know, right there, there's your point, right, about the pandemic. It's yeah, it's going to cause complete chaos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I keep banging this drum. It's like, get a new line, right? I mean, it was, a, it was a, such a massive, massive win for Valencia because they've only won three games this season and they haven't won for ages. <laughs> They're turning in, like, Valencia are kind of giant killers this season. <laughs> if you think about it, that was their first win since they beat Sos- Real Sociedad in San Sebastian. Goodness, that's funny. Just turning up for the big game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> that's left Real Madrid on 16 points, having played eight games. This is, uh, La Liga's a little bit funny at the moment because everyone's, kind of all over the place. Mm. Let's talk about Real Sociedad because they're top of the league. Yeah. They beat Granada 2-0. Light work, early work. Well, I mean, Granada travelled with only seven first team players and the rest of their squad was youth and B team. Mm. La Liga, man. <laughs> La Liga, La Liga. <laughs> oh. What is it doing to me? Well, this game, I just don't think this game should have been played yeah. at all. How you can ask a, a squad like Granada to travel with only seven first-team players fit because of COVID tests or isolation and all this stuff, 
I just don't see how it's how it's fair to be honest. But Real Sociedad were great again, and are top of the league still after nine games, having only lost one. They've scored the most goals in La Liga, and apart from Atleti, they have the best defensive record in La Liga. Sociedad, David Silva to Sociedad was such a perfect signing at the time. And it's even better now, just because it's not just what he's bringing, it's a cliche, mm. not just what he's bringing on the field, but just the training ground. Yeah. You imagine like a training drill and being like, oh, David, show us this. And he can just execute. Every, it's like having a second coach there. Yeah. There was a great thing he shouted out Colin Miller before that's going to shout him out again about Granada. So their 19, their 19 man match day squad, 11 had never played a senior game, senior game for the club and only six had started a La Liga match before. And Goodness. actually, what happened with one of the changes was that Granada ended up having an illegal 11 on the pitch. They didn't have enough registered members of the first team squad on the pitch during the second half after they made a substitution. And what that meant was that if Real Sociedad had complained, they would have been awarded a 3-0 victory. And I think this is really good of Real Sociedad. They didn't. That's big, um, actually. That's big. It would have um, been easy to do that. Because you never know how much that one goal might count towards the end of the season. No, absolutely. Yeah, but especially think, for Granada, I, I, yeah. But I think for, for Real, uh, for La Real, they, they knew, I think, I think that's just a, that's a nice touch, really, because I think they knew probably that game should have, shouldn't have gone ahead. And they just finally stopped scoring after like half an hour. Yeah. They didn't pile it on. They didn't pile it on. Yeah, that was the old, that was, didn't they used to do that in Serie A? That's why there was never that many goals in Serie A. You never used to get massive 7-8-0 wins because there was a bit of a, a, gentleman's agreement. a nod. That's quite classy. If you were like 3 or 4-0 up, just to not pile on. I think it's classy that actually, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some angry goals. Oh my goodness. Messi was very angry. I love this game. This game, okay. This game. The Setian Derby. <laughs> yes, yes. There are some games of football which you could write novels about. And in that novel about this game, there would be a chapter on Antoine Griezmann's finishing. Oh man, he probably should have had a hat trick after about 35 minutes. He had four excellent chances in the first half. Yeah, including a penalty. Excellent chances, including a penalty. And his confidence is just in the, you know, it's in the sink. And I look at a player like that and I think there's nowhere to hide for this guy. It's a real shame because I think that he and Messi could be unstoppable. They can click. Yeah. I think that's why his goal was so important, actually. The amazing moment when he scores, Messi leaves the incredible dummy. Oh, man. The incredible dummy for the goal. Like, it's so good you have to watch it again. And, well, well it's Messi. Poor Claudio Bravo is still... <laughs> still looking for it, yeah. <laughs> lost in space. Just using those little things, like, pss, pss, to try and get home. Yeah, exactly. Gravity. <laughs> Trying to get back to Sevilla. Just floating around. Yeah, exactly. An uh, incredible dummy. And the, the moment when Griezmann runs towards Messi and to thank him for the dummy and the look of genuine joy, Messi was like, he needs this one. He needs yeah. an easy goal. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think Messi knows that everyone's kind of got to eat here. Yeah. And that he, him dragging them through can only do so much. You know? He was. Because he, he is mortal. He was spectacular. He was incredible when he came on. Absolutely yeah, like, unbelievable. Like, <laughs> First goal from open play this season in the league yeah. or, ever, or in any competition, right? Yeah. And my only regret was that it wasn't scored against Paul Lopez. Oh, stop it. Leave Paul Lopez alone. He had, to <laughs> flee, he had to flee the country. Like He literally had to flee the country. 
<laughs> let, let him live. Sorry. I'm just, sorry. He's, just, he, he's, he's having a lovely time watching Mkhitaryan score hat-tricks. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous, um, gorgeous goal. Thrash in the top corner. Oh. Um, from New- and it's the way that he built. It's the way that Messi gets the ball, I think it was 40 yards away from goal. Starts to like, move, yeah. You're like, they're already dead. You just yep. see it. You just see Messi at that moment. You freeze. There are so many goals. I'd love to see a highlight reel where there's like half an hour of Messi goals because he's, he's scored, quite frankly, where you freeze it at the moment where Messi has decided he's seen the goal, like already. He's seen the three moves. Any goal. And he's worked out the angles. He's worked out who's going to run where. And he's just seen it. He's just seen all of it. It was just amazing. Though. It was a really big win for Barca. Yeah, definitely. A cathartic, a cathartic. It wasn't a statement victory, I don't think. No, it was a cathartic victory. Oh, look at you mixing your metaphors, mixing your conspiracy theories. Listen, <laughs> my metaphors, my rules. Oh, we need to talk about Atleti. Oh my, that, now that, that's a statement victory. Because Joao Felix is liberated and terrifying. And here's the thing, he finds pockets of space. This is the, the genius of Joao Felix is he finds pockets of space in a team that's not necessarily built for space, but he's basically doing what Thomas Lamar was supposed to do. And that's no slight on Thomas Lamar at all, because, you know, Lamar was brought in to be a playmaker, to link play, because Lamar is a guy who, high efficiency playmaker, good goal scorer. But Joao Felix is another creature entirely. His ability to knit together that Atleti attack. One of the most impressive Joao Felix performances this year was the nil-nil against Wesker, actually when he was superb and frequently was occupying three players at a time, frequently, and beating them, beating them and getting a shot off that the keeper had to deal with. And in this game, transcendent. 4-0 against Cadiz, a good team. Do you know what I loved about this game? What was that? 4-4-2 versus 4-4-2. Interesting. It was just a really good game, this as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Some really, really good goals. Jal Felix got two goals and an assist. I thought his header was lovely. Yep, yep. And then his second was, my God. He loves an emphatic second, doesn't he? He loves it. Do you know what I was really, I really enjoyed the most though? You know, when the, uh, his assist was Suarez and then it got given. Yeah. Did you see him just jumping? No, no. Suarez. No. He was just like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A little, like a little pogo. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I was just like, oh, see, you know, he does have some good left in him. Just the, this the inner child jumping up and down, like, yeah, vamos, oh, vamos. Before we get, sorry, back to about the inner child. Quickly back to the Betis game. Messi's celebration when Dembele scores that beautiful oh, opener. My, oh, oh, we didn't even talk about Dembele's <laughs> Messi's, angry goal. Messi's celebration. Messi was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You know what that's growing up. That's Messi. Growing up. That's Messi from 30, 30 years from now in a bar somewhere in Spain watching that league on TV, just being like, yeah, 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 yeah. Bum, yeah. bum, put that back on, put that back on. <laughs> wheel that wheel that exactly. <laughs> uh, I think he loves Dembele you can see he does you can see it like the way they work together mm. celebrate together He's, actually yeah. we need to shout out Dembele before we whiz back to the um, Atleti game because been through a lot He's been through a hell of a lot and he's, and he's really struggled at Barca for numerous reasons and one of them being injuries and I think that it's a nice little run of form he's on staying fit playing well yeah not a lot of people talking about him anymore Mm. which is a good thing, I think, Yeah, with Barca. I think so, yeah, definitely. And he's, he's an outstanding player. And when you see him at his peak, he is as devastating as any wide mm. forward in the world, without mm. question. 
And that's always been the case. Like he's, if the three signings that Barca made, I think he's the one they shouldn't regret because the injuries are what they I are. Agree, they actually. are, the injuries are what they are, but the important goals that he's got, I mean, the winner against that Letty, the goal against Chelsea on the breakaway in the Champions League, this is a legit, he's a baller and he's a, he's a player that fits. Injury. Ultimately, sometimes it's, it's so easy to get caught up in, he doesn't train, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that, but ultimately injury is just such a huge part of all of mm. this. If Atleti win their two games in hand, they go three points clear at the top. And they're looking good. Do you know what the game is after the international break? I haven't checked, no. Is it Real? It's Atletico Madrid versus Barcelona at the Wanda. That is tasty. And it's a 9pm kickoff on a Saturday night. Inject it. Inject it. All right, man, let's talk a bit of Premier League. Yep, yep. First of all, like we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Wrighty and I are going to be talking a lot about Ralph Hasenhuttle and Arsenal Aston Villa on Wrighty's house. Yep. Do you want to talk Manchester City, Liverpool? Yeah, I think I do. All right then. Well, go on then. <laughs> Shout out to Farmer Ken for pointing out that both Mohammed and Jesus scored in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> I love this tweet so much that he sent me. The most blessed, it became the most blessed league. This was literally blessed content. <laughs> um, yeah interesting so Kevin De Bruyne missing a penalty which could have been decisive mm. that was bad yeah yeah like, and he knew it yeah and a bad miss the way he missed it as well I mean, oh. bad weekend for penalties in terms of decisions given and penalties missed yeah absolutely saved absolutely um, I mean this game who was it was oddly shaped well not shaped it wasn't shapeless that's not fair the pitch, actually, I'm going to say this, in the defence of the players, those conditions were awful. And there was one moment, Kyle Walker, the moment that summed up the game for me was when the ball gets played through and Kyle Walker runs back to his own goal, knocks it past Edison. Mm. So like he's basically like facing an empty net and then sprints to the right back position and clears it. And the, the commentator at the time was like, oh, like big risk from Walker. But I thought to myself, that's actually a brilliant piece of defending because that's someone who's understood how terrible the conditions are and they keep coming for his line. He's basically like, there's so much water in this pitch. I've got, it's safer to run 60 yards with the ball at high speed in front of an open goal than to just hack it clear. That's mm. how bad the conditions were. So I almost feel like this game has a kind of slight asterisk over it in terms of the football the teams wanted to play, but couldn't because it was just waterlogged almost. They also looked knackered in the second half, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Jurgen Klopp had a point after the game about when he launched into the, the fixture scheduling stuff. Uh, I don't know if you saw his interview after the game. Oh, he, he was the only like, major league without five subs. He was basically like, we're, yeah, we're the only major league without five subs and why are Man United playing at 12.30 on a Saturday after going away in midweek? Which I think is totally fair. And the point that know, Solskjaer that, made as well. I'm glad that they kind of backed each yeah, other on that. So, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with Solskjaer about that. I mean, luckily for Manchester United, it didn't really matter. But Got we'll touch on them in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But back to the, the Liverpool game, I think you just saw it in the second half. Like, everyone just looked knackered. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, really into Klopp starting with Mane, Firmino, Jota and Salah in a game like this, rewarding Jota's good form. Yeah. Although I didn't think he played that well, to be honest, in this game. 
I enjoyed that little four 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 two without the ball. Yeah, we're almost like a four two four. Like they just threw an extra an extra player four. Yeah, it was like four two four in attack and then four four two without the ball. I was like, yeah, this yeah, is nice. Yeah. yeah, I liked this it. It was really nice. I liked it a lot. Uh, Gary Neville kept loving it. He was just like four two four. Old school. It's like being at prep school again. That's what we used to play at prep oh, school. It's like, yeah. It's like football manager. It's bombing on. But this game, I thought it was, it was a shame, really, because the first half I thought was quite good. And then it just kind of fizzled out. Beated it was out. one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Do you know what it was like? It was like being at a club and the last hour isn't quiet enough to sh- shut early, but oh isn't really God. popping off. I know exactly what you mean. Like, the, the amount of nights I've been to, like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, there's enough people here for us to stay open, but it's not really vibing. Let's just get through this last hour and then we'll all go home. It's like some of, I'm not going to name names, but it's like one of those like hip hop albums where the first three or four tunes are unbelievable and the last seven are just, there's no bangers there. There's just like, they're all kind of like storytelling tracks. And you're like, yeah, I know, but, but. Then, oh, what, another skit? Yeah, really? it, exactly. Just, it just oh, never elevates. Go. I don't want to call don't out anything. Another interlude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about Manchester United. Everton won Manchester United three. Excellent victory over a fine Everton team. Everton just, you know, who had Hamas Rodriguez back. Just a really good side, Everton. So this victory is, yeah, call it a statement. But how many, this is the thing. Manchester United have so many of these moments where I sort of said, and I said this on Twitter, this is just who Manchester United are. They're going to do this for the rest of the time that Solskjaer is in charge. They'll have these outstanding results. Then they'll have these really bad ones and these outstanding ones. And that's just where it's going to be. And Bruno Fernandes came out afterwards and was like, oh, like everyone gets up and gets hyped about us and they get down on us. I was like, well, yeah, I can see you being combative. But I was like, not being funny, dude. We're just reacting to results. I don't think this goes into the outstanding result column, to be honest, because Manchester United are really good away from home and Everton are in a really patchy run of form. But I think it's a good result for sure. I think this is maybe the problem with Manchester United at the moment. It's super manic. And I think that actually sometimes, yeah, an okay result or a good result nothing to get too carried away about. Their away form is really good. Their home form is dreadful and something that needs to be sorted out. But yeah, I don't think this needs to go into one of the... And this, I said the same thing actually about the Arsenal game. I didn't think this, this fell massively into the dreadful... Car- I mean, to be honest, after Arsenal's performance this weekend, maybe it should mm. go into the dreadful category. But at the time, I didn't think this was one of those Ollie out moments. I don't think there's going to be an Ollie out. This is the thing I said. There's not going to be an Ollie out moment. There won't be. It's not going to come like... Yeah, but I mean, you know what yeah. I mean? Like people yeah. going like, this is absolutely dreadful, he needs to go. And that's not the same happen. thing yeah. with, and the same thing with this. This doesn't make him a genius, this result. I think, they, I think he would take a load of heart from, or a load of encouragement from the fact that they had a tricky away fixture in midweek, had a dreadful kickoff time yeah. in the Premier League and got away with a win. Cavani scoring his first Manchester United goal as well. Yeah. Great finish, really nice finish. And Bruno Fernandes returning to form because I don't think he's been playing. We, we, we said this, didn't quite we? he wasn't while. playing that well. For quite a while, yeah. And he was by far the best player on the pitch, yeah. I thought. But this suits in this formation, the 4-2-3-1, where you have Mata mm. anchoring at the 10, and then him just, you know, Mata basically like playing, not actually the most creative player on the pitch, but just holding the space, providing an angle for passing and opening. You know, Mata actually, his greatest strength is bringing out the best in other players. And with Mata anchoring the 10, it allows Bruno Fernandes to be a bit more chaotic because he knows mm. he's always got someone to play into feet. Mata will always receive possession in tight spaces. So it just works well. And this, is, I think, is United's best, I think it's United's best um, formation 
for the players they have. And I think it's actually their best lineup. I think honest. in the league, I don't think it's a coincidence that their best, their two best performances maybe, or routine, let's say routine performances mm. have come with a similar f- personnel in a similar, f- in, a, in the same formation. Absolutely right. And Fred was great too. Shout out to Fred. He was excellent. Yeah, it's absolutely. Really, really I, just, I do worry about Donny though. Um, I don't in the long term because it's a five-year contract or whatever. So I think it's going to be fine in the long term, but for now it's frustrating. It's for now it's frustrating. When are we going to have some free Donny moments? It'll come. He's too good not to. Yeah. Everton have not won a league game in four. Good time for a break, I think, for them. All right, let's talk about two four ones. Yep, yep. Palace leads. I didn't see that coming. Well, I think Leeds were really unfortunate with that first Pat Bamford goal. Which Put his arm out. I mean, that's ridiculous. What is that? Both, both of his feet and his head were onside. And yet he his got given offside because of an... Ext- like, that is ridiculous. ridiculous. I've man. never seen an offside call for an arm signalling where the ball should go. And do you know what? He actually used, I think, the best, ter- the best way to describe this VAR stuff afterwards where he just went, it's a bit daft, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. That held a Costco own goal in this game was really weird. I actually think... Can't blame a keeper for that. No, I think you can, the, actually. Or the near post, didn't cover the near post. Well, because his reaction is so late, I don't think he thinks it's going in, but it's coming towards him. He's got, he's got, a, he's got a long time to think about that in keeper terms. I thought and that, I actually I thought think that, Melier would, should be... I think Melier should do better there, personally. I only thought that when I rewatched it. When I, at the, when I saw it at normal speed, I thought, because it's the change of direction. It's like, it's one thing to be expecting a certain ball in and then the adjustment, I think, was the one. It's just wrong foot. That's the thing we don't, we don't judge for, like, it's the weight on the foot, right? Mm. I think maybe he was weighted differently because it, was, it did change direction so sharply and it really skids in. Mm. Um, sometimes it's just not with you. Like, you know, Palace, if any team was going to beat Leeds 4-1, weirdly enough, Palace would be the least surprising to do it because they do have that habit. They've been doing this for years, Ryan. They've been running riot for years on teams with big reputations or teams that like impose yeah. their game on you. Yeah, like, definitely. You know. Leeds host Arsenal after the international break. Oh my goodness. God. That's the game. That's, that's, that's the game you least want, isn't it? Oh no. Another 4-1. Chelsea beat Sheffield United 4-1 and were brilliant. Hakam Ziyech by far and away man of the match. He has been toasting teams ever since. <laughs> He's so good, He's man. unbelievable. Sheffield United still haven't won a game this season and I'm really worried about Chris Wilder. They've drawn one game this season and are rooted at the bottom of the table. They just can't score. I mean, the thing is, in, def- in their defence, in Sheffield United's defence, this is now the Chelsea, and it's now becoming very quickly clear that Ziyech was the missing piece in that attack. He knits so much of it together. He's extraordinary. He like, creates, scores, and talk about chemistry. Like the whole, adding him to it, I mean, he is their electromagnet. You add him to it and everything just flows. Werner is looking super confident. And I think Chelsea is, is wild about that. The defence is just really fixed up. It's really fixed up. Oh, their defending has been brilliant. I think that's the first goal they've conceded in six. Ben Chilwell, just like not only defending beautifully, but scoring now as well. Yeah. They're now looking like the Chelsea that we, that we would expect. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a lot of concerns about fit. Yeah. And I still think think that <laughs> weirdly I think Chelsea have been doing well without a couple of the pieces Yeah, when they have to fit everyone in I'm still like how do you get the best out of everyone all the time Right, right. which is obviously something that Lampard's going to figure out but like we said last week when you have that much talent in there or was it after the Champions League when you have that much talent and they play they're going to do this to teams I mean 
I don't want to sound negative Chelsea fans, but obviously, like I said, Sheffield United have been really poor this season compared yeah. to the Sheffield United that came up last season. And I think this result last season at home against Sheffield United is more impressive than this result at home this season against Sheffield United, put it that way. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. And I think that the Chris Wilder, Sheffield United love is hung over from last season. But I think that's starting to erode a lot now. And I, I do worry about yeah, the man because yeah. I really like Chris Wilder and I think he's a really good coach and I can't really see what's going on there or I can't really figure out the problem. I just think Apart from, was, like you say, goals. The players, but like McGoldrick's goal was great, for example. It was beautifully nice worked. Beautifully yeah. worked. This is the thing, Ryan. They're just, and this is not, this is, I say that with no disrespect. It's a question of resources. Ultimately, at a certain point, it's just the sheer, you look at the relative cost of these squads. Yeah. They don't, he's coaching this. He's, I mean, I looked at the opening goal and thought to myself, yeah, see, that's, that's the Sheffield United of last season. Well, he's coached all the quality out of this squad. It just hasn't got yeah. the, the ability that he needs mm. to be decisive. And that's, that's harsh, but that's how it is. I see it. Leicester Wolves, very quickly. Leicester go top. We have to talk about that. Vardy scoring a penalty, having another saved. And again, like Wolves, this is the thing. So Wolves losing Diego Jota, like who is decisive for them. Like there is a mm. kind of, you see the, the impact of not having your most decisive player from the previous year. And Leicester just looking very assured and closing the game out. This is the thing. Leicester's ability to close out these games is impressive. And it's now totally, this thing is totally normal to see Leicester at the top of the Premier League. This is actually a remarkable achievement in its own way. If you'd said to someone at the start of the 2015 season, not only will Leicester win the league, but it won't be a fluke that they'll be a contender or there and thereabouts for seasons to come. Most people in Leicester would have laughed at it at the start of 2015-16. So, or anywhere in football, frankly, not just, you know, holding it on Leicester. So yeah, super impressive for them. Leicester top, yeah. Spurs second, who Spurs are on a really good run of form and great run. just quietly plodding along at the moment. And Yeah, and West Brom gave them a tough game. And West Brom, you know, had a... Yeah. They've had some difficult moments, West Brom. West Brom is, is a shame for them because their league position maybe doesn't fully represent the quality of the performance they've been putting up. But... It's these margins. It's the same with Brighton. West Brom and Brighton will look at their results and look at what they're on the league table and be like, how are we there? Mm. But it's because it's, it's the quality again. Kane mm. is looking superbly rested and, you know, he's enjoying his playmaking so much. This is the thing, like this is the year that, you know, Kane was the best nine in English football for a long time. And now he's one of the best tens, you know? Yeah. If you had to say tomorrow, like, who are the best tens? You could be like, okay, Grealish, probably the best off the top of your head. I say Grealish. And then I think Kane would be right behind him at this point. I mean, Spurs are just playing well. I mean, they, yeah. they, I think West Brom deserve so much credit because like you said, I think they were really, really good against Chelsea in that first half yeah. like, and just couldn't hang on to it. And, you know, to, I mean, when did Spurs score? Two minutes to go. Super late. That is really unfortunate for West Brom because they worked so hard and defended really well. And I don't think Spurs had a huge amount of chances. Very few, very, very few. I don't think they had a, a huge amount of big, big chances. Though. There were very few clear chances, Ryan. Very yeah. few clear chances. And it's, it's one of these ones where you look back and if Spurs are there and thereabouts for the title, if Spurs win the title, mm -hmm. this is one of those results you look and go, yeah. Like, you know, you know, those players are coming, oh, the league was won at West Brom because that's mm. the kind of game we weren't winning last year. I think it's fair to say this is the kind of game that Spurs haven't been winning in recent months. 
Yeah. And they found a solution. And Mourinho deserves a lot of credit. I think there will ultimately, there will definitely be another point in the season when something melts down to a, to whatever degree. But in a league where everything is all over the place, yeah, I think just quietly going about business is perfect for Spurs, especially after the first day, first day of the season when they lost to Everton. We thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, maybe Mourinho's master Instagram influencing is. Uh, it's paying off. Maybe it is. Maybe everyone got on that bus, Musa. <laughs> Maybe everyone thought about what they did. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, they've kind of been okay. <laughs> Very possibly. Uh, any other business? Oh, Luckman's penalty. Oh, goodness. To be honest, I don't even really want to talk about this because... Can I say one thing? The beautiful way that I think Valbuena at the end, was it Valbuena went over? Yeah, and, yeah, and, comforted him, yeah. And you just see him missing this penalty. You know, because West Ham's... This is... What was interesting about this game? West Ham scored in the last minute. And David Moyes' reaction, it's like watching Serie A. You know, Serie A managers that have no re- reaction at all. He was like, there's two minutes left here. No, there's a long way to go. No reaction, didn't get hyped. So, of course, Lookman... It was in stoppage time, wasn't it? Yeah. At, at West Ham scored, yeah. Absolutely. It was like, do you remember um, uh, Arsenal-Liverpool? Arsenal get the penalty in the 97th minute and then end up drawing the game. Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> because they give away a penalty oh. at the other end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it was exactly like this. And I think... You know, Moyes knows the chaos, so he's been here. But great win for West Ham. And just for Lookman, that comforting moment because you just saw the instant regret at the decision. Mm. And I think in situations like this, the player, I mean, other, obviously the Fulham players, he wouldn't expect other Fulham players to run up to him at that point and be like, not to worry, because they were like, we really need that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that the opportunity, the challenge for Lookman is to go out and try and win those points in another game because he's in a strange po- point in his career. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Loan from Leipzig, you know, was at, I think, Chelsea. Um, Everton. Everton, sorry. Didn't really, didn't fully take off for him. And just, yeah, he's at a point where he needs a decisive season. He needs six months where he can be like, I really showed up here. And maybe this could be the beginning of that for him. He's good enough. He's good enough to do it. We'll see. We'll see. Any other business, Premier League? Southampton were top. We need to mention this, but um, as I mentioned, me and Wrighty will be talking a lot, a lot of love for Ralph yep. on Wrighty's house on Wednesday. That'll be up. So yeah, any other business in the Premier League? No, pretty much it. We'll save most of the Women's Super League for Wrighty's house as well, but we need to go over the results because there was a massive result in the Manchester United-Arsenal game. Yes, huge, huge win. Huge win for Manchester United, who are now top. 1-0. Um, Absolutely incredible. Yeah. But when Joe Montemora signed for Arsenal three years ago, Manchester United didn't even have a women's team. And they are now top of the Super League. And playing great stuff and playing, you know, this is the thing. You look at like um, teams with and without chemistry. Manchester United were already a good team going into this season and played some great games without Chris and Press and Tobin Heath. And when they added them in, what was so impressive about this? And I, I want to shout out Jackie Gronin here, actually. Oh, she's been brilliant. Her versatility to go from playing as a 10 to playing as one of defence midfield two as an axis and just sacrifice herself. Like in a team like this, there's always one player that sacrifices to make the chemistry work. Mm. And I'm always so interested in this, you know, how do you integrate players? And there's always one person who goes, coach, I'll do this. Yeah. Or I will take that responsibility. And she has been extraordinary because she's facilitated two of the best players in world football. She's just a brilliant footballer. Yeah. Jackie Gronin. And now they look legit. They are legit um, United. I mean, Chelsea have got a game in hand and can go top. 
But other than that, and Chelsea lit up Everton four 0 as well, which is a, yeah. a post cup final. We can say a bit of a, but also it was it was one nil. It was it was only one nil till very late actually in the Chelsea yeah, game. Really, like, yes, really good goal from Pinilla Harder. One nil till sort of seventy two minutes. So and then they mm-hmm. got like two and two and four minutes and it ran away from them. But you know, tired legs. But Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, and City are four legit contenders for this title. The next round of women's Super League fixtures is massive. Arsenal host Chelsea and. It's a Manchester derby. Wow. So the next weekend in the Women's Super League will be massive. And City are finally heating up. I mean, I, I mean, it was Bristol City and Bristol have been difficult, but they still put them away in the style you'd expect them to. And they're a team in yeah. the now. So, yeah. I mean, Bristol City, yeah, they've conceded 28 goals in five games, unfortunately. Yeah. And they face Spurs next. Spurs, who got one of only two points on the weekend from this season. The Alex Morgan move is looking bold only because Spurs are a little they are a rung beneath the other teams mm. um, there's more building to do there but yeah yeah I mean she made her debut finally yeah. for Spurs uh, in their one all draw against Reading but yeah Spurs are only two points ahead of Bristol City at the moment but yeah we'll talk more about the Women's Super League on Rice's house yeah. anything of note from Serie A this week just the very very briefly Atalanta, um, Atalanta Inter was 1-1 yeah that's wild low scoring game there um, a lot of draws a lot of big game. draws most notable result apart from the Mkhitaryan hat against Genoa, was the one-all. Lazio-Juve. Final touch of the game, Caicedo scores. And just, this was a, Juve are uncertain. They're faltering. And there's an opportunity there. There's an opportunity there for in Milan, for example. Milan got a late equaliser. And it was really funny. So Milan... That's a massive point from Milan. Was, you know, the funny thing about that goal was, so Milan go two down, I think, and they come back. Zlatan misses a penalty at 2-1 with half an hour to go. So when he finally scores, and it's funny, like he had like five chances in the last three minutes. Zlatan mm. finally scores and doesn't celebrate the equaliser. Like someone comes towards him and he just shrugs them off. He's like, no. Like he's so angry at himself. He's like, this wasn't some redemption moment. This is about breaking even. Because I think he would look at that game and be like, we should have won this thing. Mm. Yeah, Milan should have won that, I think. Um, uh, do you want to hear something funny? Yeah, sure, please. So the teams that started the weekend in the top five all drew. Wow. Which meant that Roma and Napoli are up to third and fourth. Napoli got a good win. Osimhen, good signing. Really popular player as well already. Um, also, Serie A most goals per game this season so far. Taking it over from the Bundesliga for the first time. That is wild. Yeah, man. All this boring Italian football, man. Goodness me. No. Not- so boring. Milan Napoli when the international break's done. Napoli against Milan, sorry. Good league, Serie A. We're checking out. Uh good league. It's a good league. Has it have you ever heard of this Serie A, Musa? Yeah, check it out. It's a pretty good league. See the highlights of the tube of you. Next week we're gonna do Fran Bundesliga. Yep, yeah. Because we've not done any Fran Bundesliga for ages and we'll obviously cover those massive, massive games in the women's super league. But for now, I think we should get out of here. Actually, on, oh, before we do. We're going to record it Wednesday afternoon, our time, but it's going to be up Thursday. We're going to do the, the Disrespected 11 Part 2. <gasps> My goodness. With all of the submissions, well, not all of them, because we can't go through all of them, but we're going to pick a load of the submissions. The, so the club-specific dis- Disrespected 11s. So if you haven't sent them in yet and you want to, last chance, send them to stadiofootball at gmail.com. So the club that you support or not, but just a specific club disrespected 11. And we'll go through some of them and discuss our thoughts on those as well. So yeah, we're going to record that Wednesday. It'll be up Thursday. 
like I said, I'm going to be on Wrighty's house on Wednesday. Anything else? No, I think we're good. We're good. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. I'm sure there's nothing, there's no agenda you want to push this week. <laughs> the only agenda I want to push is for free and fair elections. <laughs> Vote Pedro. Vote Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing out this week on an absolute, oh, this is a classic. This is a modern day classic. <laughs> Blue Pedro by Bullion. Shouts to Bullion. Don't forget you can check us on Twitter at Stadio Stadio Football on Instagram. Uh, check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Write his house on Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday. Hope everyone's staying safe and well. Yep, yep. Keep keep happy. Absolutely. And we'll be back on Thursday. See you there.